Welcome to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. Welcome back to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. I'm Javon. I'm Calvin. And we're going to kick it right off with That Happened. You ready, Calvin? Sure. Sure. Lay it on me. Okay. Okay. So the future of the DCEU is back in the news uh, because Shazam 2 has come out to very poor reception. Don't even know what that is, but Shazam sucks anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Does it? So when DCEU was first pumping out these movies to try to catch up to Marvel, Shazam was was one of the few that actually did good, that a lot of people enjoyed critics and regular schmegulas alike. Probably by accident. Maybe. Maybe. Because now the sequel is out. And the regular fans still enjoy it, but it's being it's getting critically slammed the in terms of the movie. The only Shazam I liked was when the cartoon when we watched when uh, Black Adam showed up and he uh, did that clap and destroyed half of the restaurant with him and Superman talking. It was that grin on his face. He slid down smiling hard and then clapped trying to kill a little child. Anyway. And I'm like, Superman and Shazam, I thought your awareness is 100. None of you noticed that dude just politely come down at the sky listen dc animated universe is always fantastic dc live universe situation but i agree with that you don't agree with I, that I, I agree with that oh i thought okay yeah, I agree so, with that. so shazam 2 was supposed to open to 85 million globally but it only opened up to 65 million also this is the last film before james gunn's reboot of the entire dcu film universe in the first place so what's the point to this if they're just going to scratch everything? So that's what a lot of people think is factoring in when they're looking at those ticket sales is that people are like, why should I even bother? Because this... So in the second film, apparently there's a Wonder Woman cameo that hints to her spinoff. She's supposed to have a third film that got canceled. James Gunn canceled it. Uh, there's a Black Adam hint because Shazam and Black Adam are, you know, they're the hero and villain that usually goes after each other. Yeah. But that also got nixed. They killed that all off when James Gunn took over. He basically, allegedly, cussed out uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson for his involvement in trying to change the storyline over for Black Adam. So he just killed all of that. And then uh, there's a Justice Society cameo. Do you even remember who Justice Society is? Surely not. They were in Black Adam, actually. It was that Hawkman, and it was, I want to call him the Spectre. I don't think that's his name. Oh, and the big... Uh, giant dude. Yeah, and the, the, the Atom. And, and a Tornado Girl. Yeah, Cyclone. Cyclone. So they actually show up in Shazam 2 also because for whatever reason they're going to incorporate, they were going to incorporate Shazam into Justice Society. Of course. Mind you, we already had a Justice League movie. So it, of course. And then, and then on top of all of that, so you have all of these like random threads that aren't going anywhere. And then there's the knowledge that James Gunn is going to reboot everything. So it's a confusing time right now. So is for he film producing all DC. of this stuff himself? He's basically their Kevin Feige. Do you know who that is? Of course not. Okay, so Kevin Feige is the guy who oversees all the Marvel films. He's responsible for how those movies got released, what heroes they focused on, all of that. They want James Gunn to do that for DC. The guy they had doing that for DC, who I can't remember, uh, it didn't go well because there were so many variants happening at the same time. We had like three different Batmans. We had two different Jokers. So what what makes this guy any better? James, a lot of people are very receptive to James Gunn's shows. He did um, the second Suicide Squad. Suicide, I want to say Suicide Squad 2. That actually had a lot of critic 
that plane. one with uh, Idris Alba. Yeah, with Idris Alba in it and Polka Dot Man and all that. Okay. Uh, and then Peacemaker, the spinoff Peacemaker TV show, sure. was he did that too, and that took off really well. He's they, also they know these are TV shows, right? It doesn't mean the movies are going to Suicide do. Squad was a movie though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but he only so he only did the one TV show, which was Peacemaker. But he's oh, okay. known for Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the guy oh, behind Guardians. Okay. And all of those did pretty well. Yeah. So I guess they were like, oh, it'll do. He'll do great. In my opinion, I think this is going to be a Josh Whedon scenario. Sure. Josh Whedon was supposed to be their Kevin Feige in DC after um, Zack Snyder had to step back due to his family stuff that was happening. This is your wheelhouse. Sure. Yeah, it is. But so I don't know if you remember Justice League. Do you remember how uneven it was? I remember it being horrible. It was not great. It like starts serious and then randomly there's these jokes and then it kind of goes back and forth. It, it, it was I didn't uneven. like how they had Cyborg looking. Well, Joss Whedon hated the guy who played Cyborg, so that was part of the reason. He like a buff dude that spent all the time on his upper body and no time on his legs. Cyborg was supposed to have a lot more prominent of a storyline under Zack Snyder, but because Joss Whedon, for whatever reason, had beef with that actor, he cut out a lot of it. What beef did he have with the actor? I don't... There's a lot of alleged harassment that happened between that director and that actor, and when the actor tried to speak out about it, allegedly Josh went to great lengths to like kill his career. It sounds like he's he lets personal get in the way of business. Well, he then had to face a sexual harassment claim Which and he felt doesn't from make grace. for good movies. It's like, it's like he he will destroy a movie for personal endeavors. Well, I mean, what sucks. It wasn't for that, us. It, it wasn't that great of a movie to destroy in the first place. Was the whole thing. I'm just saying. So, but my thing is uh th- there's a lot riding on James Gunn taking over DC right now and rebooting all this stuff. Rebooting in itself is not always an issue, but this will be like the third, fourth, fifth time that DC has done this. I just think no one really cares. They just go to the movies to get away from things. And the, just to enjoy it? Just to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But they're killing the enjoyment with all this bullcrap. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't intend on buying a ticket to watch Shazam. I'm going to wait till it's streaming on HBO Max to and watch too, it. The way things come to streaming so quick and fast now, you could just wait. But we're old. <laughs> we're elder millennials. We remember having to wait almost a year for a VHS to pop out. For other people, I mean, because... The fans that are watching it, like um, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's about 85% of the fans who enjoy it. Okay. So? So, I mean, so that's all happening. So, but we'll see what happens with that. Also, um, Zach's, uh, this might be the last Shazam movie with Zachary Levi playing Shazam. So we'll see. Doesn't affect me in any way. And do okay. <laughs> Moving into <laughs> doesn't make me want to go watch any other Shazam anymore or less. Moving into black pop culture, uh, Rocky Bivens, aka Tasha, what Scott's husband from Escape, yes, may have fathered a baby with an IG model. Her name is Unique. Allegedly, allegedly may have allegedly. So apparently, this is not new news. So basically, it happened. Yeah, so this is not new news. Apparently around November of last year is when these allegations were coming out that this lady was pregnant with his baby. And according to Unique, Schwing. they allegedly had a relationship for like three-ish years. 
a romantic sexual relationship. Then she got the baby and he stopped talking to her. He hit it first, just like Ray J? I don't know. Uh, Ray J was trying to say that he's the one who... Anyway, that's, that's beyond the point. So, yeah. uh, recently, she's come back into the news because she's given an interview with like another almost like a gossip blogger of sorts to talk about um, how she feels about Rocky and the show right now that's going on. And she did go out of her way to say that, you know, she doesn't hold anything against Tasha. Like it was never anything personal against Tasha. They just kind of met and things started happening. And now she got this baby. Really? So they just Allegedly. met and random things just happened. Penis just went into vagina. I think she was trying to show that she's not she wasn't trying to be like, a, I'm a steal your man type of person. She was like, we were doing what we I were just, doing. Oh, I don't want to steal man. I just want to sleep with him. That's what that was. I guess. I guess. Here's my question. What do you gain by sleeping with Rocky Bivens? That's my question. You're asking me like, I know. I didn't know who the hell Rocky Bivens was until I started watching this show. And I still don't care. Interesting. All I know is he might have had something to do, kind of knew some information about R. Kelly was doing. Apparently, he started running his mouth about that stuff, but then it got real quiet afterwards. I don't know. What the R was doing. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? He knows Robert. He knows Robert. But doing. Tasha and Rocky dismiss all these allegations. They say that it's just, if the internet will believe anything, yada, yada, boom, boom, blah, blah, blah. Which, mean is, which means it happened. Which means it happened. <laughs> also with Escape, Candy and Tiny are facing backlash. With the latest episode, um, with a lot of viewers who watched this episode to watch it end with Escape saying they want to be the headliners and SWV suggesting co-headliners and Escape being like, nah, we're the bigger stars. This is why women can't work together. It would... Dudes wouldn't have this problem. That's not true. That's why BBD, Bobby Brown, and New Edition all can do a thing together and be cool. Because technically, if you want to be honest... Those aren't two separate groups. They kind of are. Calvin, you three of those members were in New Edition. It's what I'm saying is... But they all can do their own solo thing, too. Okay, but it is not the same context. Okay, Javon. SWV did not start with Escape and then did their own thing. and Or vice versa. They weren't a joined group and then split. I know they weren't. I'm just saying men will be able to get put their difference aside and do this easier. That's all. Your example was not in the same vein of context. It'd be like saying Prince and Michael Jackson could do this with no problem. Those two can do it though. That's what I'm saying. It's it's not a male female thing at all. No, just those who can do it. First of all, they didn't like each other. Number one. Number two. Oh my goodness. Prince thought he was better than Michael. Michael thought he was better than Prince. They were divas. They were divas. So, but like... Yeezy and Ludacris can probably do something together and co headline. Wouldn't have a problem. Different context. Okay. Anywho, I understand what Escape is saying. What are they saying? But they're wrong. What are they saying? That we should headline. Because they have a. Not only do they have the uh, music following, they also have that. What you call it? Uh, trash TV following. Okay. As well. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. So, so you're saying they have a bigger audience? Yes. Okay. I get what they're saying. And to them not headlining, it might look like they can hurt their uh, 
reality TV numbers too. How? They're filming, they're literally filming a reality TV about this. I get what you're saying. I can get what they're talking about. I, but think, it's at a, this, I think it's a pride thing. I don't think it's a money thing. At the same thing. time too, SWV brought this to you. And obviously you need them to sell tickets. So you both can co-headline. I don't see a problem with that. It makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And two, people are going to know more SWV hits than they do Escape. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. So I can understand SWV being like, bitch, what? Mm-hmm. Bitch, please. I can, I can understand them being like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not shocked. But, and second of all, you can't even get your group together to, uh, perform in the first place, perform in the first place or agree on performing. So how the hell you can tell us you want to be, uh, headliners when you can't even get your group to agree to even do this in the first place. The, the thing that confuses me is like, yes, they, I don't even know if they necessarily have a bigger audience necessarily. Their reality TV show ended in 2017. Candy is known for being on Real Housewives, but people only know Candy. Like they know she was a part of a group, but it doesn't mean what I'm saying there's gonna is, be a crossover. She's gonna bring it, they're gonna bring it a little bit more. I'm not saying she's right. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I get her point. Mm-hmm. You can get somebody point and still be like, you're still wrong. So my thing is why can't we both say we're co headliners and then talk about the financials of that separately? Because you gotta get that money shit straightened out first. You got to. But they're all they're talking about is headlining. So are we supposed to infer from that that they're talking money is what is equating to headlining? They're gonna have to find it. They might gonna have to do a fifty fifty split. Mm-hmm. But again, it's SWV's it's their project, so Like I don't I don't know I don't know that has anything to find financials or particulars of financials. <laughs> uh huh. But I tell you this much. I get what SWV is saying. Like, nah. Okay, so for me, you already have a group that's barely together. You've got one member that wants to get out. And she's, for for whatever reason, not telling the girls that she has a full deal with Motown Gospel and is trying to go solo. So it's, she's not even guaranteed to be a part of this performance that you guys are trying to plan. So right. even if she doesn't stay and you now just have the three girls there... What makes those three girls headliner material over SWV? Nothing. Okay. I'm not saying that Tiny and Candy was right on saying what they said. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I can understand why they said that. Do you even know what they said? That they should be headliners because they have a a, a reality TV following. That well, makes their fan base bigger than SWV? That is not what they said. That's what we inferred, but that's not what they said. Oh. Uh, what what they're saying then? So That makes no sense to me then. If that's not the argument. They're saying since they've re- reunited, SWV has opened for them multiple times. And that um that it's not that they're not fans of SWV, but the promoters that they worked with when they went on tours with SWV they always had SWV go on before them, insinuating that they opened as like openers basically for them. Which I don't, I don't think that was the case, but whatever. So that's what she says. And she's like, we're not talking record sales. We're talking ticket sales. 
And to be, you know, like to be clear, our ticket sales have always been higher than SWV's, which makes me even more confused because if they toured together and SWV quote unquote opened for them, aren't they combined on that ticket? Yeah and no. How? Meaning people are coming to see Escape, actually. SWV just happened to be on the ticket. So if they're using Escape's name to sell the tickets, then Escape is right. They're using their name to sell the tickets. If you look at the flyers that she's relating to, SWV's all over that flyer in addition to Escape. It's not Escape opening SW opening act SWV. It's SWV and Escape all over those flyers. Now the girls performed first, SWV performs first. Then but I, it's both of them. Then I don't understand her. I don't understand what she, the fuck she's saying then. So some people are saying she's referencing the fact that people wanted to see all four members of Escape. Because they didn't know when the next time was going to be that they could see all four. Uh, and that they're not necessarily all there just for Escape, but to uh, see like the so girls together. She's trying to use the dysfunction of Escape as people just want to see if we're all together and we're all going to be there. So that's what drives our ticket sales. That's what Twitter users are saying. That's not what Candy's saying. Candy and Tiny are saying that they're the more talented group. Actually, the Twitter argument sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the Twitter argument sounds and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not from Atlanta, but practically spent majority of my childhood in Atlanta, mm-hmm. between Atlanta and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I agree with SWV. Mm-hmm. Well, so that seems to be the consensus online. Is a lot of people side with SWV. Tamar Braxton got into the mix because she liked to be in a First mix. of all, she don't like candy, so that's this this is irrelevant. It's just I, good I for I find that interesting that you know that. That's interesting. Yeah, because it's all on Facebook. Oh, okay. Well, she said, imagine having the biggest ego for the most non singing ass person in the entire music industry. Who candy? Uh huh. She's referring to candy. I'll be honest with you. And then she said, Stream my new song and she <laughs> and she says we're paying homage to SWV. Guess what? Mm-hmm. And it was funny. Candy probably wrote out a lot of her shit. Oh, that's the irony about everything she just said. Okay. Now, guess what? She is definitely kind of true. She well, is kind of right. She didn't say not the most. She didn't say not a talented person. She said the most non-singing person. <laughs> that's that's the phrase. She can. She hey. She could She kind of right. But I'd say that too. That half probably wrote some of the stuff that you're singing. Mm-hmm. So it's like a catch twenty-two. Mm-hmm. S S now what you are V, but they yeah they yeah like <laughs> I just think first of all S S W S W V's fault uh huh because they know all the dysfunction that goes on with Escape mm-hmm. so the fact that they thought they can get this just to work easily and this was just gonna be done quickly yeah is funny on their part because from the jump it was already jacked up yeah but it's funny that SWV know more about what's going on in Escape than Escape does well so but yeah I think they should co-headline and I think the only reason SWV came out first because they were like fuck it we gonna first we gonna stage first we gonna kill us we gonna shut this place down and then you come on after us, mm-hmm. and half the crowd might probably be gone. 
At so that it point. don't even matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you make your statement and you move. You move on. Well, it's clearly the show's not over. So they got to come to some kind of consensus over what to do. Because this show's nowhere near done. Yeah. And this was filmed at least a year ago. Okay. Well, we'll be watching. See what happens. All right. Do you guys know that we have an email account? Email address is we like that dat podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we like that podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that. Because we might like that. We really might. And we'd love to hear from you. All right, you want to jump into the Life After Lockup, the latest episode? Life, 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 life after lockup. Was that shorter? I don't understand your commitment to this bit. I don't. I don't know why. I don't because know why. I think they need a theme music. Oh my gosh! Anyway. In this latest episode of Life After Lockup, we have one, two, three, four, five, six couples and a new face, kind of, sort of. We haven't seen them since last season, and that's Brittany and Marcelino with the most boring storyline that I do not care about. You can easily wrap it up in a sentence. They are still around each other. They well, still don't get along. Some strange reason they decided it feels made up. to bring them back for some strange reason. They decided to bring them back. Don't know why. It all felt forced. It, Nothing's changed. What happened with between them in the prior season was that he was allegedly cheating. That was the whole storyline was that he was allegedly cheating. If you got on the Reddits or you looked at any of the blogs that recap life after lockup stuff, there was a heavy sentiment that it was all made up. That this was all created by the couple and possibly producers in order to make the show, you know, quote unquote, juicy. So... What happened was, one, Brittany wanted to have a threesome. Marcelino, 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 Mm -hmm. didn't want to. She kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Finally, he gave it. Plot twist, the threesome was with one of her friends that she was locked up with. I don't even think she was pushing it that hard like you make it sound. You make it sound like she was on his ear every day. Yeah. She was like, I want to have a threesome. He was like, no. So then she brought it up some once when she first got out of prison. And then she brought it up again at the tail end of that other season. They were they on. went through some stuff. That was it. She brought it back up. He was like, I don't want to do this. So eventually he cut, cut her up to her. She basically did what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It backfired on her. Did I it? think that's the other thing. Did it backfire? I don't even know if it backfired. I don't, no one knows. I don't, because she gets upset over a photo her friend has of Marcelino. Marcelino allegedly sent a dick pic to her friend. But he didn't do anything Penis further with his friend, first of all. Secondly, it felt made up. Thirdly. And now he's going to all the brothels, I guess, in Vegas at Supposedly, the time. he was just, like, so, trying to hit up all these sex workers. It, uh, uh, meanwhile, at the same time, trying to get his poker career off the ground, which never happened. So now, fast forward. This season, they're in Orlando. Yeah. She made it seem like she moved to Orlando to get away from him and have a new start. Plot twist, he's there with her. Not much of a plot twist. You know what? It really ain't. 
So they literally showed him before she goes. I decided to stay with him. <laughs> they literally yeah. show him at the bar. So blah blah blah. Uh, fast forward, fast forward. His mom's come over to watch the kids. They go out. Now she's trying to figure out where his head is. Apparently his head is still in Vegas. I don't know why, but he misses Vegas. And she's like, go back to Vegas because you don't want to be with me. Go back, go back. He goes, get in the car. She says no. And then, thanks to God, it ends there. And we can move on with our lives. It just feels like such a phony storyline. Not to say that the rest of these storylines feel like so fresh and new, but it just, it feels so fake. Because it is. I think it really is. Let's move on to a better couple. Who you want to talk? Yes. Who you want to talk about next? Um, I want to save the. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Let's talk about Sean and Sarah. Good Sean job. and Sarah. Good pick. Also, don't really have much going on in this episode. Uh, Sarah's still hemming and hawing over whether or not to tell Sean about Anthony, the baby daddy of her eldest child. Uh, and finally, she comes clean. Sean kind of corners her and is like, what's going on? Did you he, don't want to be with me? Do I disgust you? Did he corner her or did he just be Sean? You know. How How did he be Sean? Because everything was even kill. Nothing, even his anger was even killing me. That felt like he was forcing himself to show anger. Like, ah! Flipping stuff. Ah, man! Stop hitting the table. But, mm-hmm. <sighs> I could, he didn't even see, I don't know. It seemed like he was ch- trying to fake his, I think he won't, doesn't want to be in a relationship anyway. That's so interesting. But, but he brings it up to her first, basically. She's sitting outside. He starts talking to her and he starts asking her questions about why she doesn't want to be around him, which leads her to finally admitting she's talking to Anthony. You don't find me attractive anymore, Sarah? I don't know what the jump was from, yes, I'm talking to my ex, which now means... I'm fucking this ex. It, I don't know. But that's a jump they want us to make. <laughs> Producers and or this couple. And Sean gets mad. And that's really the end of their little storyline. <laughs> Sean's little temper tantrum was hilarious. It wasn't even hilarious. It's just like, dude, if you're going to have a temper tantrum, I need you to actually have a temper tantrum. I mean, there was the part where Sarah's trying on fake boobs with water balloons. I like how he was doing like the Charleston in the grass. Like he was angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. And this, I'm like, dude. This season kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. It's like, <laughs> I'm not, yeah. not going to lie. I'm like, mm. I literally think he, for some reason, being an adult scares him. And now that they have a child, I think he's, because what is he really overreacting for mm-hmm. let's be honest she's trying to figure out her other child's baby daddy is could be responsible enough to be in her life before she introduces him into that child's life mm-hmm. okay that's all she really did okay she didn't tell him hey eh, guess think, what i think they're trying to play on the whole but she kept it a secret thing and then they're also trying to play on the whole... Guess what happens? We started the season with her being like, I feel neglected. And now the tables are turning, supposedly. Guess what? Couples keep secret from each other. I mean, that's true, but this is also a reality TV show. So they gotta up the ante for whatever storyline they're trying to push. Correct them on, though. Mm. Interesting. But that's pretty much it for Sean and Sarah. 
Um, we can go to Blaine. <laughs> okay, Blaine and Lindsay. Blaine and Lindsay. All right, we have a Blaine Lindsay going. Blaine and Lindsay are about to get it on. It was again also felt really forced and random. X rated and they faded. It got real random. She slowly takes off his shirt. She's literally doing like chores around the house. She brings him back to the bedroom. They're having the most asinine conversation. It's not even anything that leads anywhere. You're not gonna let me finish my seductive no. sex tape and then recording she pushes him on the bed and goes to take off his pants meanwhile there's cameras can, everywhere can i do it she gently pushes him on the bed slowly takes off her shirt then she slightly takes off his belt buckle one pull at the other then she slowly pulls down her pants and finds a uh, electronic device on his leg and then she freaks out and then that's when they get into argument. You can continue. Oh, interesting. It, it, it didn't matter. Like, this all took a matter of seconds. She goes from zero to a hundred like she normally does. And it's just like, why didn't you tell me what's going on? And Blaine is pretending to act like he doesn't know where this is coming from. What are you talking about, Lindsay? And it's like, what are you talking about? I made a great deal with the lawyer. I'm about to pay the 15 grand I and I get grand. house arise. House arrest, I don't I'm have to arrest. go to prison. I still have my freedom. I can go anywhere I except just, out of the county lines. Right, I just can't leave the state, basically. Leave the state. What uh, are you talking about? But Lindsay's also freaking out about what the ramifications are for her own probation because when she initially got approved to be with Blaine, even though he was an ex-felon or an ex-convict at the very least, he, they weren't aware of the fact that he had these open warrants. So, Which also makes me wonder, they don't do a check when you do when you name who you're going to be staying with and they got to clear them? Apparently not. Interesting. Anyway, she's worried about what it means for him to be technically on house arrest and her staying with him. Because technically he's an inmate. And she's an, an parolee staying with an inmate. Clearly it doesn't matter because they're still together. So I don't... I'm sorry, <laughs> I got, I'm sorry I got filled on house arrest, Lindsay, and I didn't tell you. It was just random. She gets real mad. She slams doors in his face. That's pretty much it. Who else knew before me? Bubba knew. Uh, my dad knew. Uh, Jacob knew. Uh, something last we're finding out? Uh, yeah. It, it, did, it felt, again, again, felt weird. Water to the face. Again, she literally fills up a cup of water at the sink and then just throws it in his face. I was like, okay. Yeah. But again, this is the lady who took scissors to a table. I mean, that could be real. That was the best scene. <laughs> that could and be real. I don't know. History. She just etched her name in this dude's desk for no apparent reason. And... To jail, she went back to again. Mm, sure. True, true, true. That. But yeah, this that didn't make any sense to me. But I kind of get what she's saying, if it makes any difference. But then you would think they'd have told her, no, you can't be with him because he has fines and he has warrants. I, 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 I because think they would do that. Wouldn't he be an assistant for having fines and warrants? Yeah, that's how the up? lawyer found out that he had all, all of that stuff so, open. I don't think so. Yeah, it's kind of strange how they got she got paroled to him anyway. Oh, together. Yeah. In the first place. Yeah. But it's neither here or there. I guess. Who knows? Um, Moving right along. You want to do Puppy and Eric, or you want to do Cameron and Eris? Oh, let's do Puppy and Eric again. Another pretty short and succinct one. It's right after her talking with her mom about the fact that she knows about Eric cheating on her with his ex-wife. They load up in the car. 
They're driving home. They get into it because Puppy finally tells Eric, I know about what you were doing with your ex. He tries to gaslight her and is like, it's not all that. You're overreacting. This is your imagination. Um, Public service announcement for guys. Again. When you're going to have an argument with your lady friend, you might want to be the driver. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not... Oh, God. Okay, Women tend to, when they get upset and angry, they don't care about their lives or your life at that point. If you guys die, you just die, and she's going to follow you to wherever you go, heaven or hell, and we're going we're gonna to finish this argument, though, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. We're going to finish this argument. So puppy's driving, and she's not even looking at the road anymore at this point. She's just looking at him, and he is like, air fighting the like fighting the air punching the air or something is he punching the air he has like these she stops the car temper things where he just punches the air and it looked like he oh maybe she slammed on brakes and he was just trying to brace himself no she didn't slam on no brakes she stopped the car and then it looked like he moved to hit her and then pulled back at the last minute okay that's what i saw mm-hmm. and so because puppy's like increasing the speed of the car Every as angry every time she gets angrier, he's like, "Someone, like, you want me to drive?" And she goes, "Sure." And I'm like, "That is the smartest thing you said this whole time." But she stops the car. He's cussing her out. She's getting mad. He gets out the car. She takes off. And she takes off. And she gets mad at the camera that's still in the. She yanks the camera the out the car thing, whatever that it was that attached to. And that was it. And she drives off. And, and that that's was pretty it. much. And then we see her and, uh, what's her face? Amber. Amber and her mom talking about what what happened, what she's going to do after the fact. Because Which, again, Amber is like you, like, you just panicked, uh, packed, whatever she call it. Uh-huh. We just threw everything into a truck and just drove off. Uh-huh. So now they're trying to figure out, are you really going to fall through and stay away from her, or are you going to go back? Right. We know he's, she's going back. Um, you think she's going back? Yeah, of course. Of course. Think so? Yes. She does have the... Conf- oh, God. Her, the look. She's... She... she did, I don't know, man. She just looks... She's a uh, poor child. It's she, okay. She needs uh, help. She needs to talk to somebody. Well, professional. Hopefully. What? They all... Everybody does. We all need to. We all need to. Um, Moving right along to Cameron and Eris. It's oh. Cameron. We keep Cam- saying Cameron, well, but it's Cameron. I have a cousin. They call him Cameron. I mean Cameron. So, so not even Cameron. So okay. So why Cameron, do we keep saying Cameron? Because I'm thinking of Cameron the rapper every okay. time I say it. Hilarious. Well, I mean Cameron is a rapper. Yeah. So whatever. So what happens to them in this episode? Yeah. So apparently, Cameron Cameron is. <laughs> 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 no, nah, you got me thinking about it, Cameron. Is at the studio, mm-hmm. and uh, Eris is looking for him. It, Apparently, she doesn't know where the hell he is. Th- I'm not gonna lie; this part confused me because I feel like she would know he's at the studio. I feel like he was like, "Hey, I'm about to go to the studio." Now I understand him saying that, and then you don't see him all day because she said she hadn't seen him all day and all night. That I get. And why she keeps saying, "Where were you?" I wonder if she thought he went somewhere else. Because she keeps thinking he also is partying somewhere without her. You know what I mean? 
I don't, I don't think she mean. thinks he was at the studio that entire time. Was she, did she not hang out with the, at the studio before they got there one time? She did, but they weren't there like for the whole day. You know what I mean? It was like a May if an hour, if that. Sure. Once again, that's her fault. Uh, for, oh. I mean, he never picked up his phone either. Not, he's nothing about him that says responsible. Or, hey, I should check in. Nothing about him says, I'm checking in. Okay. Nothing about him says that. Okay. This dude has never had responsibilities, never had to check in. I don't think that's true. Doesn't know how to check in. I think he has had responsibilities. He, yeah, to check in with a PO. That's the responsibility. That's it. I've never... Oh, there's nothing about him says he's been in a, in a real relationship at all. Okay. I don't know where this uh, hope y'all see in this dude. I don't, this hope of relationship in him. I don't know where in his face that said, I'm good in relationships. I think she was saying. I don't, I don't be, see where y'all see that at. Because they've had this fight before. We saw them have this fight their wedding night. That's the reason you have these fights because nothing that that he doesn't understand. I I guess she thought because we had that previous fight, no, he would know that I'd like him to check in every. So guess often. what? They keep having that same fight, so evidently he doesn't know or doesn't care. That's not part of him. Why do you think it's going to change? I don't see. That's what I don't get. You said I can see the hope. I didn't see any hope. I saw a dude that has anger issues. I said I can see the the potential. What potential? All I saw was anger issues, somebody who ain't responsible and wants to do his own shit. That's all I saw. From her context, she has said that she's never been with anybody like him before. She's never been with anybody that's treated her so well. So So he's the first guy to buy her things. I don't even know. I don't even think it's just the buying things. I think it's the fact that he wanted to have a relationship with her daughter. I think it's the fact that in their conversations, albeit while he was in prison, they talked about a lot of stuff she really wanted to talk about. So she felt seen and heard. And now he's out and she's thinking our lives are going to be a different way. He's telling her our lives are going to be a different way. And then they're kind of falling into these miscommunication situations. Nothing in his face says, I know how. Okay. Everything is fair says, I want to. But you don't have to know how. Is there something in there that says, but I will try? That's really what she's looking Nothing for. Nothing in this face said, I would try. I disagree. Everything in this face said, I might think about it. I disagree. Okay. Uh, then I don't know. We're looking at two completely different I'm not. I'm not saying that he's going to all of a sudden be like the perfect partner for her. I never said that. That's not going to happen. What I'm saying is, it's nothing to me that I saw in him at that time that said, I'm going to try to do whatever. It said everything in his face said, I'm going to try. That do means I'm going to do it. Like, it's like, this might be a good thing for me. Like so I, I said, try I think she's trying to meet him where he's at, but she also has her own expectations. Where he at is where he's at is exactly what he's doing. Whether or not these expectations are realistic, I think that's what's Nothing going on. she thought about was realistic. Okay. Nothing. Okay. I think people can make mistakes. I think that's allowable. I think it's okay to make a mistake if you're a you person. You can't keep making mistakes and bringing other people into it like your daughter. This affects her at some point. You can't keep doing this. Okay. If it's you, that's one thing. But So, spoiler alert, Cameron and Aaron are still together. So Of course. Clearly, at some point, they reached a consensus of like, okay, we need to start listening They're to each together other. They're together because... She doesn't know any better. But she doesn't. 
You don't think they're actually happy? You don't think they're happy and together? That's not a possibility? You you could be happy and confused. You don't think two and people... And think you're happy. You could be confused and think you're happy. You don't think two people who've never been in a relationship can learn how to be in a relationship together? If both those people want to learn how to be in a relationship... Okay. I don't think he... I think at times and at points he wants to. Then what he wants to do and his what he his selfishness comes into play and he picks himself every time. I think we also need to look at the timeline that this is happening. He just moved to Florida. This is a day after their beach venture. So the day he arrived, they had that beach that expensive beach dinner. The next day is when she goes shopping and meets her friend. The day after that is when he goes to the studio. This is in three days. This dude keeps saying, I like my freedom. You're not my PO. You're not my mom. So he doesn't understand when you're married, hey, you're going to have to check in. Okay, so It is what it is. Let's rewind it and make it personal. You Do you think early 20s Calvin, who just got married, knew everything about what it was like to be in a serious relationship? No. But I knew some of the do's and don'ts. Calvin, you don't remember us having fa- fights over me wanting to check in with you and wanting to know where you are? Yeah. You don't think there was an adjustment period yeah. that we had yeah. to figure out how I we communicated to each other? And it's I, been three whole days. Again, I check, do I think it was a, the best decision for her to, to jump into all of this? Probably not. And but I, it's been three days. And I checked in. You knew where I was. Come Don't on. act like you. I was just gone for days, or I was just gone, and you had no inkling where I was. You don't or you called, and I didn't. Have... When you would go out with your boys, and I didn't know where you were. No, we were fighting because I was going out too much. Okay, <laughs> that's the difference. I was going out too much. I'm just saying. I can admit that I was hanging out way too much. I'm just saying we had our own adjustment periods, and you had your period where you still wanted to be independent and not have to check in with somebody all the time it's an adjustment it takes time it's the third day it's the I third get day what you're saying what i'm saying is sure you're right whatever <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> whatever i understand what you're saying like off rip it sounds like she's expecting too much of someone especially somebody she technically what i'm just s- met what i'm saying is nothing about him says that she's going all based everything off hope and i don't think hope is going to carry but for so long but we also don't know what kind of conversations they had when he was in-house i know that you don't put a lot of weight on those conversations and too his anger is too much for me he he his anger the whole he has that type of anger where i gotta punch a wall and I, I'm really going to punch a wall. That makes no sense to me. But I also feel like that's something you have to work on and it takes time. He has had to adapt. And part of that adaption process was him having his outburst, what he does for his anger. Is it healthy? No. But it's also something that he would have to identify for himself and then try to work on. In my opinion, of the couples, in my my very amateur opinion sure i think cameron's doing the best with what he got in my opinion their fight is i need you i need to know where you are that's their fight we've got other couples where no their fights are i need to know where you are i need you to step up i need you to help out i need you to do this i need you to get a job so you can help up the house stuff but that's a brand new issue she brought in 
And also, I want to argue, no one told her to go buy this new house. You don't think think those issues are going to keep coming up faster and faster with different issues? I don't know. He's got magical mystery money that keeps popping up. Okay. Sure. I mean, if bills get paid. Whatever. All I know is, I'm not saying he can't change. What I'm saying is, hopefully, he meets enough of her expectations for them to be able to make it. I think they need to meet each other's expectations. He, I don't think he has any expectations for her. I think he does. What are his expectations for that, her? That they're going to kind of treat themselves almost like roommates, but be together. You know what I mean? Like, they aren't going to have their individual things. I don't even things. think that's the expectation of his. I think it is. Because he's constantly surprised when she's like, why didn't you answer the phone? No. Yada, what he yada, wants yada, is, you. his expectation for her is for her, her to leave him alone when he's doing his thing. That's what I'm saying. Be alone, but be together. You know what I mean? Which you, which you can't do as a, <laughs> as a married couple. At least not, there's not a whole lot of people who are able to do that. Especially when they have a traditional expectation of what they think the marriage is. But I would also ask the question, why did we jump into buying a house in Miami? Why did we do that? We could have started small. Let's get an apartment. Maybe Let's do she something affordable. Had, maybe she already had that. She didn't. She said she got that house for for them when he got out. It's a new one. It's a new house. Well, that's her. I don't know. It is. She don't strike me as making good decisions anyway. So does it? Are you shocked? Well, if if you understand that, then why are you so blown by her expectation of Cameron? If you know that she doesn't make good decisions, why are you so blown by her expectations of Cameron? Because you can easily tell it doesn't make sense. But you just said that she doesn't make good conscious decisions. You're right. I shouldn't. Ex- yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I shouldn't. I, I'm not. It's, 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 I'm not shocked. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why she thinks. That's the thing. I don't think I understand why she thinks this is going to happen. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'm baffled by. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's not going to happen because that's not him. Not yet. And I don't think it's going to be him for a, a minute. But it's not like he doesn't know. He wants her to call and be like, hey, I'm here. It's not like he doesn't know. He doesn't care. I have been in a situation where the writing's on the wall. This person is all but told me that they're not going to do the thing. But because I have feelings for them, I'm thinking they're going to do the thing. I'm like, well, of course they're going to do the thing. Why? Because they love me. Why? They're going to do the thing. No. (laughs) Why? But sometimes people get surprised and they do. They do do the thing. Maybe maybe, maybe I've been house taught way differently Interesting. i'm not gonna action more than once maybe twice if you don't do it then i'm done with it i'm, I'm, I'm just saying i don't think she asked him at all is, is what i'm saying like they had their fight before their she told night. him i need you to check in right but he was drunk like did he does he even remember the conversation when he woke up that next morning he was like where's my ring like he, he had no idea then she sat down telling me you to check in first of all he's not paying her any attention anyway mm. especially if she starts talking about certain stuff he tunes out that's what we do we tune you out we don't want to tune you out because it's, it's all just blah 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 sounds like the charlie brown thing womp, 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 womp. it's mm-hmm. easy for us to get there mm-hmm. you got to treat it like treat it like espn you got 30 seconds to mm-hmm. get in what you need to get in to, to pertinent information before we go womp, 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 womp. you ever saw uh highlights on espn no, Calvin, I don't watch ESPN. So, highlights for ESPN, they do, do a whole basketball game in maybe 
30 to 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. They hit all the pertinence, the all important stuff. Okay. Boom. Because they know after 30 minutes, men are not paying attention anymore. Okay. So in that 30 seconds, maybe, I say 40. Say all the important stuff that you want me to, to know and want me to hear. Mm-hmm. Then all the nagging stuff, you can just save for the end. All the nagging stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the nagging stuff. Yeah, because a lot of it is just stuff you really want us to do. Okay. Interesting. So, but you just went on a rant about how camera's not capable of any that anything like that, and now you're telling me that no man is, no man is capable of that unless I'm we're doing saying, ESPN style. No man is reel. capable of that. What I'm saying is. If you want us to listen to you and hear you, you need to do it within that 30 seconds. Okay. How does that relate to Cameron then? This whole 30 seconds? She needs to tell him what she wants. But at the same time too, he's not at that point where he cares. So it's going to be a minute. It's going to be a minute. It's going to be a minute. Then why even bother with the 30 second thing if you don't care at all? Because that's the only way you're going to get him to, to listen. This, the logistics so of this it. is very confusing to me. No, it's not. It's confusing. I already, you're telling me what you want. I hear what you want. Okay. It's now, it's do I want to do it? If I don't want to do it at that point, eventually, if he wants to change for it, he's going to do it. Okay. Or he's going to attempt to do something. Okay. At least meet you halfway. Mm-hmm. But if you want him to listen and hear you, you have to do it within that 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Like, when I tell you stuff, I know I got to be detailed. If I'm not detailed, you're not going to pay me any attention. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And I'm, I know all, that. I mean, I'm all women. That's cool. No. You guys are great with details. I'm not, I don't know how this pertains to what we were talking about with Cameron not being the man for Eris. What I'm saying is, if he wants to do it, he's going to do it. But I don't think he's there yet. He's not there yet. He's not there to care about what Yeah, he's do. not there yet. Uh-huh. I don't, and I don't know when he's going to get there. Okay. It, but... From what I've seen so far, I'm not shocked about what's happening. What is he doing? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't see none of the stuff when she, as soon as she came on the screen with them, with them two, I was like, I don't know what she's thinking, but mm-hmm. if this is all she can do, or this is how she, all she thinks she can get. Mm-hmm. Oh well, hope she's ready for the work because it's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> I think she wants that though. I think she wants the work. Why? It makes. Why? Why do why do y'all like projects? It's not that we like them. We're social conditioned to think it's only worthwhile if it's a project. It's not that we like them. It's it's this concept. You can uh, you can uncondition yourself to do something. You know that, right? You can, but it's it's this whole. It's again. It's that expectation bar. Women are socialized and taught to think that with guys, whatever you have to accept them at their basis level. Sure. Just hope that they don't hit you, basically, and sure. maybe provide. But the whole project aspect of it is like he's not gonna, he's the whoever you meet is never gonna be a hundred percent who you want them to be. So the project is molding them slowly but surely into who you want them to be. And why don't you just pick the fun project? The fun, for her, this is the fun project. She thinks Cameron's hilarious. Okay, whatever. Uh... I didn't I didn't do too well in school. I didn't care about projects. I never finished my projects in school. So me trying to do a project is pointless. I'm just saying it's I it's never gonna get finished. I think she sees in him the possibility of something being long term 
and and sustainable as crazy as it sounds that's what she sees when she's with him he makes her laugh they get along and according to her he treats her the best than anybody else she's dated which tells me she got a terrible dating history and his music blows her away and her <laughs> his, and his music, music and it and blows her away he, he's 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 the Jay-Z in our heart, I but guess. You joking, but we listen to some of Cam's music. You can easily find it. He's known as OG Cam with a K. <laughs> He's not paying us to promote this stuff. On Spotify. You liked his Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb little remix? I'm not going to like it. It was catchy. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie to you. The Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb was catchy. <laughs> I, I caught myself tapping my feet a little bit above my head. And we just listened to Be Good. It, I mean, he, yes, everything's in that hook, but it was, it, he, it was fine. He, he almost got me to be a fan of the Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb. <laughs> I'm not glad to. He took me back to my childhood, to my high school times, mm-hmm. and uh, my Spanish class. <laughs> so I was like, you know, you know what, Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb. He made me want to get try to make a beat with Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb. <laughs> I got inspired a little bit. I got a little inspired. <laughs> but Montana Mills is, is has way better production. I, I can't believe that that's happening. <laughs> but we also listened to Michael's of uh, Michael and Justine fame. His Mo- Montana Mills. Uh, Spotify situation, and he, first of all, he's got way more listeners. Even my phone agreed with you. Yeah, he's got way more listeners than Cam, and it the production is a little cleaner. It really is. I think his production company has a little more money. No, don't get it twisted. I think both of their bars need a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. But rap battle, OG Cam versus Mo- Montana but Mills. I would check out a versus because I've seen worse versus. I've seen worse. We did watch Omarion versus Mario. I've seen worse. So I would watch the versus. If but they had but who do you think would, would get the public opinion? Who would get the public on their side to I, be like, we I, choose this one? I have no idea. I feel like it's it would be toss-up. Cam. It's a toss-up. I feel like it'd be Cameron. It's a toss-up. Yeah. He has more personality than Michael. Now this bitty bitty bomb is getting way to your head. That's I'm not saying on just musicality. I'm saying stage presence, the full show. Because if if they had a little wrap up, you'd see them in person. I think the way Michael is and the way that Cameron is, Cameron's a lot funnier. I, I think he'd win on that. I think Michael would be more polished. Michael would be more polished, but who would give you the better show overall? I feel like it'd be Cam. I think neither. <laughs> It's just gonna be a nice train you wreck. You have to, watch. to choose one. Which one? I choose. Walk away, the I winner. choose entertainment. That's what I choose. Kevin. I choose the funny. Goodness gracious! But not. But yeah. Let I the mean, fans choose. Y'all choose. Let us know which one you think. You can. You can find their music on Spotify and oh, tell us which one you, you like really better. Really can. You really can. Michael is known as Montana Mills. Cameron is known as OG. I don't Cam. understand why we're giving them this much press though. Because we discovered their music. <laughs> And in the context We're not getting of the show, anything out this deal. I'm just saying they they hinge a lot of how they're gonna make money on their music, and then we listened to their music and we were like, mm. so what's the backup plan? Like it's mm. it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm gonna do it right there and get it right there. I was looking on the hold all the time. Listen, do. Cam kind of reminds me of like old school. Not, our old version of old Get up right there, dude. The way the way that he sounds reminds me of like two thousands era rap, and then with Montana Mills, it's definitely more today's version. Trap beat. Yeah. In my opinion, that's how I sway that, which is probably why I like him a little more <laughs> because he reminds me of 
music I listened to coming up. If y'all trying to figure out what I thought, I didn't put that much thought into it. I thought both was okay. You were so crazy. Not that good. I wouldn't listen to it. I'm not gonna lie. I might sample or try to get the bitty bitty bomb bomb, just for shits and grins. You but, were crazy. Eh. But eh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't kill myself to go to the CD store and buy. First of all, nobody buys CDs anymore. I just showed my age. The CD store. <laughs> cool. You said there ain't the no CD FYE. Store. There's no FYEs no more. Wow. What was the other one? Like BME, I want to say. Um, God, it's been gone so long. I don't. Do remember. you remember when you could get like twelve CDs for a nickel? That was one of the magazines. And they just never pay. You never <laughs> pay. Oh man, that's how I got all my music. I did like those Jeez. twelve CDs you, for a penny. You did have and the, then never paid anything. You did about. have that Kenny G CD for random reasons. First of all, Kenny G is amazing. I need you to. Can I need you to respect the name? Kenny G is trash. I'm a, for a saxophone player. He's trash. He's not just a saxophone player. First of all, he's not known for playing the saxophone. First of all, what that is, is not his is instrument it, that we know him is, for. Is the is the, the 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 kindergarten recorder? That's his. You said. <laughs> You said the kindergarten recorder. <laughs> the kindergarten recorder, is that his instrument? What is it? <laughs> what is his instrument? It's not the saxophone, then what is it? I thought it was a saxophone. I'm just imagining him on like that old school recorder. Why are you, why are you oh laughing? Oh gosh. Outside of uh, downtown DC, right? Mm-hmm. Right in front of uh, the Hard Rock Cafe. Mm-hmm. He was a guy. He would play the recorder. The 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 kid got a recorder. Interesting. And he play little songs. Okay. And I'm like, dude, I'm not giving you no money for playing that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Something I used to play when I was a kid. What was he playing? Hot Cross Buns? Like what was he playing? <laughs> <laughs> what was he playing? What is that? <laughs> what is Hot Cross Buns? Dude, what? This is the first song you learn on those kindergarten no, recorders. I like I, we like Mary had a little lamb. Uh, hot cross buns kind of sounds like a little like Mary had a little lamb. Me, it was hot cross buns. I just thought it was Mary had a little lamb. For you, that's ridiculous. But it's like it's like three notes. (laughs) Hot cross buns. Oh my gosh! But then he would pull out his saxophone when he wanted to really give you the riffs. And all he was doing was riffs. He wasn't playing no damn music. Now he's doing riffs. Not like the dude that's playing the violin out there in front of giant. (laughs) The dude, at least the dude in front of John is actually playing music and notes. But he was only playing one song over and over and over. It was the really? one song. Yeah. Really? He got me. I thought he was playing a, a plethora of songs. I thought he was playing a First plethora of, all, of songs. the sound was so crisp. I know. I thought he was playing a plethora of songs. I'm like, sir, maybe you need to try to go downtown DC and get with the orchestra or something. I, I, I do have questions because he, I mean, like he had his signage out uh, trying to do, what do they call it? Not necessarily a panhandle, but he was trying to, you know, busk basically right there outside of the giant. Where did he get the money for the amplifier? I don't know. But back to the dude in front uh, front, uh, in front of uh, Hard Rock Cafe. You know, we are so far off scale. We were talking about Love After Lockup. We can get back. Okay. So <laughs> he pulls out his saxophone, right? I used to talk to him. He pulls out his saxophone, right? And he'll be doing all his riffs. I've never heard him play like a regular chord or like a C or a D or uh, a G. I've never okay. heard him play any chords. Mm-hmm. He just riffs. Then all of a sudden, a, a female walked by. Somebody walked by. Then he all. Then he all. All of a sudden, started playing the uh, Sanford and Son little thing. And people be like, oh! and he be like, go back to riffs. And then that be like his hook to get it. And all of a sudden, 
and he'd just riff and just play that all damn day. <laughs> and you could hear him. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, he's about to hit that Sanford son. Five, four, three, two, one. Sanford son. Every time. That's all he would play. He's a crazy. And then you had the dude playing the buckets. Mm-hmm. With the shopping cart as the symbols. <laughs> Why is that funny? I'm so confused. Because <laughs> he played go go. I'm not gonna lie to you. I want to spit a couple of bars. I'm like you and these bars. He, he was kind of hot. But yeah, but yeah. Anywho, back to uh, Cameron. Cameron Harris. I just think I don't see. It's gonna be a long project. That's all. <laughs> but I think she wants that. I think she's she's here for the whole project. So I think that's our review for at Love After Lockup for the week. Um, do you have anything for the listeners that you like? Any shows that that you're checking out that you think might be a good possible watch? Night Agent. Night Agent. And now I can talk. What? Netflix is Night Agent. There you go. What's it about? It's a DC. I'm confused. It's supposed to be like a spy s type show where you know there's people doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing in higher echelons of government. Means it means a plot twist. Somebody discovers it and oh no, what are they gonna do? I mean, it's decent. I wanted to watch it because they were trying to show the DC Metro, and it was very clear that, that is not the DC Metro. So I have one. It's called Night Forge. It's pretty much Night Forge. Yeah. Or Knife Forge. Knife Forge. It's pretty much. Is it uh, called Night Forge? I think it's called like Night Fight. There's Night Forge, Night Fight. That's what it's called. Night Forge, Night Fight. It's on Netflix. <laughs> Night Forge, Night Fight. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's pretty much uh, Fruit Ninja in real life. That's literally <laughs> what it is. It's Fruit Ninja in real life. You have these grown people coming there with knives that it's they're made. Knife or death. It's <laughs> called. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's called Knife or Death. That even called what I thought it was called. That's too funny. Oh, it's called God. Knife or Death. It's, it's pretty a... much a Netflix, uh, uh, pretty much game show series. Yes. Where grown folks come in there, grown people come in there with knives that they're made. And or they bot. Go, or, or bot. bot. And they go through an obstacle course of cutting things. Like I said, it's like ninja fruit in real life. Listen, it's a fantastic watch. It's... I'm going to say that. It's, it's just because at first you're like, really? And then you're like into it. You get into it really quickly. You're like, that's not going to I just beat. like how people come onto the obstacle course like they're badasses, kicking the fence down. Like they're about to really do some, like show some real ninja skills or something. They Listen, it's, a, I mean, it's a, you don't have to pay attention to watch the show. If you want to put it on and do some stuff around the house and come back to it, you will miss nothing. One guy literally had the audacity to come in and said, I use my ninja skills to prevent future attacks or things in my uh, school. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, really? I'm like, so you have future sight, like one piece or something like that? Like he has hockey? I'm like, this is stupid. Mate, he won. Uh, yeah, uh, Unfortunately, he did. He won. So, but yeah, that's some of the stuff we're looking at and checking out. Maybe you guys will like. Do you like that? Because we like that. Listen to us on all podcast platforms, especially Spotify. Interact. Do all the things. Because you know we like that. This week on 
worth the watch is a Netflix documentary on Waco, an American apocalypse. It's a pretty much brief summary. It's about David Koresh, a cult leader who had a big compound down in Mark Carmel, Waco, Texas. And pretty much he had a eight-week standoff with the ATF and FBI. In the state. In the state. So we're just going to discuss what we learned and how we feel, how the AT, ATF and FBI made a, some mistakes and how... What we took from it. And what we took from it. So, so essentially, this is based on the Waco raid of 93, yeah. where this guy declared himself, David Koresh declared himself the second coming of God. He said he was God. Uh, word got out that he was sitting on a lot of ammunition, a lot of guns, a lot of bullets, a lot of grenades. And when word got out, ATF got involved. They decided they were going to investigate and for reasons I'm still unaware of, decided to do a full raid on this compound without knowing what they were getting into. It ended in disaster. They went there kind of cocky because they were like, we're just going to go in and go get in and get out. It wasn't going to be nothing to it. What they didn't know was that the cult was tipped off. By newscasters who were trying to make it there in time to capture the raid happening. So this newscaster, he's actually in a documentary as well. Mm-hmm. Get, they get lost on their way to Mark Carmel. And they ran into a post, uh, uh, postal truck. Postal truck. They asked the guy for the records to the compound, and he asked them why they're going. Instead of just lying, they decided to tell him, "Hey, we're going there for ATF raid." Not knowing that guy is part of the uh, the Davidians. cult. Yeah, he was he was a branch Davidian. It turned out he gave them instructions, but then he turned around and let the and compound booked it back and told. David Koresh and the guys, hey, the ATF's coming. What the ATF apparently also didn't know was that this was David's MO. He had re- he had been in a gun-down style confrontation before in order to take leadership of those particular Branch Davidians. There's a whole backstory with David. He was raised by a young single mother who was 15. He got really into the Bible. He was made fun of a lot for his appearance. I don't... <sighs> he found value and worth in church. He was with the Seventh-day Adventists, but then got kicked out for his extreme views. What part of the Bible did he get interested in where it said, hey, you're the second coming of Jesus? And then he ended up joining up with the da- with the Branch Davidians and had an affair with their lead prophetess. And when she passed, he expected power to go straight to him, but her son wanted to take over and did for a short while. But then David came back with a shitload of guns. And took the power right back. He then went to trial for that and got off. And then he assumed leadership of the cult. The way the rest of that story shakes out is so crazy. I just, I don't. So What part of the Bible? First of all, if you read the. We need to tell them what happens. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) So. In the midst of all that, in the stand down, David creates a relationship with one of the ATF agents who's really not trained in doing what he's doing. They get the FBI involved, who actually has resources 
and expertise to do what they're doing, but he doesn't want to talk to them. He wants to talk to one guy. This lasts till April 19th. And at the end of all of that, the entire compound goes up in flames with David Koresh and 82 of his followers perishing in those flames as well. And it's also at the cost of several lives on the law enforcement side as well. So it was something something that started off insanely. It went on for eight weeks and then ended in literal flames. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think both sides made bad decisions. So the documentary shows us the perspective of the Branch Davidians. They have three people who were attached to the cult. One of them was a little girl who was attached to the cult. Another one was a grown woman who had a child. And another one was a young adult guy. And all three of those people left at different times of that toll standoff. The little girl was one of the kids that got released early on. She was the last one to be released. The last child to be released yes. from the cult. Um, the mother was kind of tricked into coming out by the ATF agent. She was the first one arrested? She was, a, was she the first one? Arrested? I think she was the first one arrested. Basically, they told her if she could, if she came out, she'd be, be able to be back with her son. So she comes out and they arrest her immediately. That was the first thought of the bad face. Yikes. And then um, the young gentleman, he manages to stick it out in this compound for quite some time. Until the end. Almost to, almost to the end. When they start lighting the fires, which he's under the impression were lit by law enforcement, he manages to get out through one of the holes in the building that is deteriorating in the midst of the standoff. I wonder why he wasn't in the bunker with the others, though. That's a good question. I think he might have been. But then he saw like a hole or something. He saw some other people. No, he said they were headed down the hallway. And okay. then everything went up in flames. Okay. And they could barely see through the smoke. That's why they mm -hmm. told everybody to get their gas mask. He said the second in command took his gas mask off and just succumbed to the flames for some reason. I don't know why, but I just. <sighs> but, so, but those Davidians see that. As martyrdom, they don't they don't see it as anything else. But suicide is frowned upon in the Bible. They don't see it as suicide. How's it not suicide? They see it as devotion. Oh, because they don't think they set the fires. Right. That's okay. Got you. Got you. They think something else set the fires. They they think that the the FBI set the fires when they were yes. knocking down the building. Yes. Which, when they were knocking down the building, nothing was happening. It was just knocking down walls. True, but if you're looking at it from their perspective, they also don't think they're the ones that started this standoff. That's another thing, too. They don't think they started anything. Right. So if you're in that headspace of like, oh, we were just defending, and they've been coming at you for weeks with the music. So they say they, they were using all kinds of tactics, playing music nonstop, phone stuff. That's where trying I... Trying to sleep deprived That's where I think... Someone made a call. I'm like, you get, you need to get this over now. Mm -hmm. You need to end this. This is taking too long. We need to end this now. It's making us look bad, and it's costing money. That's why you're saying the tanks, because they use the tanks to actually bulldoze into the building. I see what yes. you're saying. I see what you're saying. This is taking too long. We need to get this over now. So I think when they arrested that girl, that lady, the first, the first person, I think somebody was like, "Yo, 
we need to have a face or somebody needs to, at least you look like you're doing something right. other than just negotiating. We need a result. Yeah, we need a result. Mm-hmm. We need to look like we're in, in charge. Mm-hmm. That's why I think they arrest her. Okay. Because remember, the, uh, the negotiator was like, why are we doing this? This well, is going to make us look bad with the rest of them. And now you're just going to mess everything we're doing. Because remember, him and the tactic squad were buttonheads too. Mm-hmm. Because remember when he called David and was like, yo, who has that big 50 cal muzzle pointing at our other guys across the field? Mm-hmm. And they took it out the little flap they had it and moved it. The tactical people got mad because now they're like, we don't know where the gun is. Mm-hmm. So now we're mad because who told them to do that? As long as we know where that gun is, we're fine. We don't carry point at us. As long as they don't shoot, we're good. So I think it was a lot of conflict in within the FBI, ATF, with their negotiating and their leaders in different tactic, the tactic branch and the negotiating branch. So I think that right there was a problem that well, started a lot of the false... Escalation. They talk about how the communication was terrible. Yeah. But also, so I, again, when they did the raid, I was asking you, why wasn't the FBI there day one? Because it's only guns and stuff. There's, that's what ATF handles. We don't, unless it's something crazy. They didn't think it was anything crazy. They thought that these guys had a bunch of guns and we're just going to go in there, take some of these guns away from these guys, see what they got. Done with it. I'm just saying, the press, I didn't realize how big of a precedent Waco set for how they were going to do things moving forward. Yeah, because, because everything else I've watched in terms of, at least in fictional, terms of like handling standoffs, handling mm. whatever, there's like three different acronym groups all together working together for this one scene. And in yeah. with Waco, it just started with ATF. It was yeah. just them. Because. And they didn't even call for FBI help. No. FBI help got brought in. After the fact. After the fact, but not by the ATF. Like, on top of that, not even by the ATF. So, anything with firearms and stuff like that, and tobacco, whatever, alcohol, that's their lane. Clearly it wasn't. Because they no. had no idea. What happened was, number one. The news kind of fucked everything up. Screwed them over. Screwed them over. Yeah. Number one. Number two, I don't think they knew fully what they had. But I feel like they they should have. I feel like that was part of their intel. They should have done a further investigation. eh, We just need to know. The intel is just to know that you have something. The compound was humongous. It wasn't like he was going to a regular, regular house. First floor, maybe a second floor. This was a huge building. But if you listen to those, if you go back and watch it and listen to them at first when they go in there, they thought it was going to be a breeze. Yes, because they were hyped up on the fact that they were ATF. That's what I'm saying. And they so never even I'm not, anything like that. I'm not shocked that when it went left, they panicked. I'm not shocked by that. I am. I, I'm shocked that they even decided to do the raid the way they did it. I'm not shocked by that. I am. I'm not. I thought we would do it's a, it's a, a lot more intelligence before we decided to do It's the same thing with the police when they go do kick doors. Mm. They know there's drugs, but they don't know what else is going to happen. They just go in there to kick the door, and they just go because they get to wear all the gear and all the guns and have all the assault rifles. It's an adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, really. I'm going to kick in the door. Yay. They don't think... 
maybe when I kick in that door, someone's gonna kick it back. Somebody might kick it back. Mm-hmm. And when that person's kicked back, we're just gonna shoot everybody and ask questions later. I'm just saying, even after the shock of that, say, if you, even if you give them the benefit of the doubt, like they just they weren't aware that all that was gonna happen, how they handled it moving forward after that, it didn't get any better. It didn't, even, didn't well, get any better. In their forward. defense, at first they were actually handling it pretty well. Were they? Yeah. They negotiated with David for him to come out. He agreed and he reneged. That was another thing. But they kept negotiating in good faith. I think the whole mission was to get all the kids out. I think if they got all the kids out. But they didn't get all the kids. What I'm telling you is I think if they kept negotiating and they let them do what they were doing instead of starting pushing things forward, if they got all the kids out, I think they were just going to go in there and just wipe everybody else out. They were like, fuck it. We're coming in no matter what. You either come out or we're coming in to get you. Mm-hmm. I think they were going to do that. I think they wanted to get all the innocent women and children out first. Mm-hmm. Because if they got all the women and children out and then they went in for David Koresh and all that thing went down, nobody would have probably even cared. Mm -hmm. Except other cult fanatics. Mm -hmm. But everybody else wouldn't have cared. If you're like, by the time y'all went in there and got him and do what y'all were supposed to do, what took us so long? The things that got me, though, was that no one was paying attention to the ramifications of these actions. Like, no one was. Even if they just wanted to get the kids. And they were separating these children from their families. They were separating these kids from their family and putting them in like foster care systems. They were trying to use the kids as bait. The kids were bait to get the other adults who wanted to come out and be with the kids out. But they only got one adult and then they screwed the pooch on that. They got 18 kids out, one adult, and then they screwed the pooch on that. Yeah, because I think someone was like, look, we need it. We need to see something. I'm just saying, after the first five children, if you weren't getting adults coming out, maybe change a tactic. Maybe go a different route. It's nothing you can really do because you don't have anybody on the inside to tell you what's really going on. So you're kind of at the mercy. Mm. So I think they did what they could do. I think what happened was, like you said, they started... Someone said something, so now they, you, we need to see a result. The result was her getting arrested under bad faith. That started escalating everything. That's when they went to the music at night, all that stuff. But you also to, had the different factions all doing their own plans. It wasn't cohesive. The music at night thing was the FBI. ATF yeah. had their own thing that was going on that was separate from that. And then yeah. you had the tactical team that wasn't under either of them. That was doing their own thing. That was the problem. No, they weren't talking to each other. Hey, we want to do this. Because here's what another thing I think happened. Each level was getting a different set of rules. Mm. Told certain, like the dude that was overall everything, he's told, you need to get this over now. Mm. He wasn't relaying that back to the negotiators. Mm-hmm. He was talking to the tactical team, but he was talking to negotiators. So when that girl got arrested, he made the call to do that. But they did have somebody on the inside. That lawyer. But that lawyer was telling him, hey, give me time. I can get him out. Just let him finish this, whatever but memoir he's doing. But they still had somebody who was going in and out. That lawyer didn't start going out until like, later on. after after. That's after what I'm fact. saying. I feel like after the five kids situation, mm-hmm. they should have went the lawyer route. Oh, uh, I get what you're saying. Okay, I get what you're saying. They should have, like, okay. Oh, I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. But that lawyer didn't get there until one of the, the people 
who was in their parents decided to send that lawyer down there. No, he was David's lawyer. He wasn't. There was another lawyer that was for one of those guys. Okay. But David's lawyer was the one that was going in and out. I think that David lawyer, David got that lawyer because one of those, that dude that's in the documentary, his mom came down and found a lawyer. And that lawyer went in and let me talk to David. And he's like, David, I'm, I'm here to mm-hmm. get you guys out and negotiate on big good faith so you guys won't ever want to. Mm-hmm. He started talking. Then he came out and look. He said he'd come up, but he wanted to finish his memoir or mm-hmm. whatever. His oh, no, God told him to to finish stay. his revelation. Yeah, stay and finish yeah. his revelation. Write his new his book of revelation or whatever mm-hmm. crap he was saying, which leads me to another problem. By the way, there's a game out called Far, Far Cry Five that's literally Waco, big video game. Even their their cult leader. Does a lot of the things that they did in this where they took rip out pages of the Bible and stuff, they did that in the game. His glasses, his, his look. Gla- his glasses, his look. All he did was the, the guy in the, in, the, in the video game, Far Cry 5, just has his hair in a bun. That's the only thing. And has more tattoos. And has more tattoos. That's it. That's the only Other than that, they damn near look like the same person. It is very much a very similar ideology that's used. Very sure. similar. So, like, even. But they had a Bible. So my whole thing, did he rip out the Ten Commandments and stuff? Calvin, you know as well as I do. First of all, Bibles are man-made. Secondly, I get what you're saying. You can say whatever you want about how you perceived a scripture or a text. You you can break that down however my you want. My thing is, if you're reading this for yourself, so you mean to tell me the only time they read it is when they were in Bible study with him? Yes. 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 Wow. Yes, Calvin. Wow. These weren't independent critical thinkers. My thing is, at some point, I'd be like, Ugh, I got Ugh. my curiosity to get the best of me. These these were people who were looking to be in a place where they felt like they belonged, and they found it. It just ended like it ended, in a crazy way, in a crazy. So, but that's so. That's my other question. Is like, yes, he was amassing a lot of ammunition, but he hadn't done anything with it. He was collecting it like crazy, but he hadn't done anything with it. There, what, it was the uh, hand grenade stuff. It was the grenades and stuff, okay. too. Okay, where they were like, yeah. you can have all the AKs you want, Yeah, but a grenade. And a lot of those guns are illegal. Like that, that, Oh, that he, was, that he yeah. had. Like, I don't think you can have a 50 cal. I could be wrong. I don't think you can have a 50 cal. Okay, <laughs> okay. How'd he get him? I had so many questions. Where was he getting the money? He was getting him to, and too, he was getting a lot of stuff illegally. How? Uh, gun shows. You need money. Where's he getting the There's money? Those people. Remember, that guy was a post office dude that tipped off the, uh, they got tipped off by the news people. That guy, he's a post office dude, so he was working I his regular job. I thought he stole the truck. No, he was a post office clerk. So they had regular jobs and just were going back to the compound. Yes, that's what it looks like was happening. Okay. Some of those people had regular jobs. Cause so, he, okay. Because she said her dad was a whatever a post office dude or whatever. He, he was driving, which leads me to believe a lot of people didn't get their mail that day. I don't think he was a post office worker for the town. The way I per- interpreted that was that he was their post office worker. 
Uh, okay, this is early '90s rural Texas. I get what you're saying. I think he signed up to be their postal worker, so I think they gave him a truck to get to the post office, pick up their mail because so many people live there, and take it back. That's what I thought. God, they were saying. doing. Okay, that's that. Well, I've never grew up in that rural of an area, so I don't know how that would operate. Actually, tell you the truth, my uncle was the bus driver for high school. Okay. So kind of, I kind of, kind of. Kind of did, okay. somewhat. Because my Uncle William, he was a bus driver for his high school. So he would get up in the early morning, get in the bus, drive up, pick all his pe- people up in the, in the area, and mm-hmm. then take them to school, and then drive them back and just park the bus, I think, in front of my in, in the front of my grandma's house. Wow. Yeah, I think. I could be loosely off a little bit from some of the details, but wow. I think that's what happened. It's just it's just crazy. The, the I mean, the story is riveting if you like a true crime documentary this is a good one for you and see if you can watch it with with other people and have a debate about what you think went wrong and what happened because to me like at some point curiosity will get me like for instance my mom told me not to do a lot of things i got curious okay so that's what i'm saying like no one at no point Decided to pick up this Bible and just look at it. Maybe the children did at some point. Because there were people who escaped that cult too. Or people that got kicked out yeah. of that cult. Mm-hmm. So I do think there was maybe a few people who oh, had that. Oh, because the young girl who, the last girl who, the last child who got freed, who's uh-huh. a documentary, her mom left. Her mom left. So I do think there were people who were critically thinking and were like, oh, I don't know about this. But they either left on their own accord, escaped, or they got kicked out. Okay. I'm just... Because the first two passages of the Ten Commandments is having false idols and pretending to be God. But they don't think he's pretending. Calvin's just blinking at me rapidly. Really? They they don't believe he was pretending. My first thing would be like, okay, if you're the son of man... This, oh, we need to go to the ocean. We need to check some things out. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, inflate a pool right here. I want to see you walk on this goddamn water. I'm just saying, if you were gonna stay in that compound and be as close to him as those followers were, you had to be a hardcore believer. There was no room for you to have doubt or questions. You had to be hard. I'm gonna need believer. to turn some water into wine so we can have a party. I'm gonna need some things to happen. Mm-hmm. I prefer vodka, Grey Goose myself. I'm gonna need to turn this water into Grey Goose, sir. Listen. I, I, for somebody that they painted to have a lot of mental health issues and a lot of like socialization issues, how did he amass such a following in the first place to the point that they were so devoted that they died for him? Easy. Look at Trump. Charisma. They do talk about how there is a direct line from Waco to Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. Who was the Oklahoma City bomber. Because he was out there during some of the days, I guess, they were going through the standoff. There's a lot of right-wing, like, alt-right statements that get said by these group of people who support David Koresh mm-hmm. and what he's doing from the outside looking in. Like, mm-hmm. they found out about the story, and they were like, oh, no, this dude's on the right trail. Yeah. He's saying the right things. We're American. So, yeah, it was, it's, yeah, it was crazy. It, it, I mean, it was a, it was a good, it, it was, was a good, good watch. Watch. I just, I just can't understand, like, 
at some point, you got to read that, pick it up and read it for yourself at some point. Mm. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, that means he took away all their curiosity and everything. That's amazing to me. I don't know that it necessarily is. If you think about when they when sociologists talk about being in a cult or be like cult mind, you're not thinking independently anymore. It's we. It's not me. So you're not that part of your critical thinking is muted. So they want to be a part of a group so bad that they will shut off everything else just to be part of a group. Yes. And kill their own identity. That's insane to me. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, yeah, like, I'm just, wow. That's all I can say. I didn't realize I paid that much attention to this documentary. Honestly. <laughs> it was good. Watch. Because I was, what I really paid attention to was the mess ups of the, eight, of the, of the law enforcement. And not only that, how the goddamn news people just... Ugh. Give up information and just they had we had the, they had the same problem in Iraq. They were giving out positions of the military because they're they're also chasing their own stardom. So, and yeah. if you and the, the news guy who actually did that is in this documentary, he can give two shits about what happens. He talks about how he is in shock about what went down, but you're right, he doesn't take any responsibility. He takes no responsibility for hey, you're the reason maybe that shit went the way it did because you told them that they were coming. In my opinion, he's absolutely the reason. Because if they did not have that heads up, it's not to say they wouldn't face any casualties, but I don't think it would have shook down the way it shook. Because they would have at least attempted or kind of pretend like they were coming in good faith. But when they got there... That many people, good faith? That's a lot of people. But you got to realize, that's a big compound too. You're not going to send three or four guys but to cover still, a compound. But still, you've got all those armored people... Because just in case. And two... Just in case for them. But if you're on the other side of that perspective, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like it's good faith. That's true, too. Yeah. But I just think it was a lot of missteps. I think, yes. I think there was a lot of assuming that went assuming down. Assuming that went down. And it... On it, the part of ATF. It changed how we handle stuff like that. Because when them bullets started flying, them dudes went, oh... You can see it literally tearing this house apart. You'll see people walking on a roof or moving past a wall and all of a sudden there's holes. All of a sudden fresh holes are just appearing. It went from sunshine and lollipops to D-Day. It was, That dude said, oh, shucky ducky. It's That and then the video. So at the end of this, when the the compound is on fire in flames... The Branch Davidians are under the impression that the FBI, on top of them, using the tanks to demolish parts of that house, set these fires to push them out. Which I could see how that logic is fitting for them. But you get the recordings. They release the recordings and you mm. hear Koresh and his right-hand man talking about what what the fuel levels are. Do they need more? We need to hurry up. I missed that part. I was too busy looking at the, where the fires were being set at. It's a after the guy says... That he believes the F the ATF and the FBI set the fires. They mm. go to the agent and he gets, says that that guy's a liar. We have the tapes and they blew the, they play the tapes. And oh, by the way, the agent state actually said out said when he went out instead of watched the fire and see if anybody was coming out, two of them went out. 
a bullet whizzed past their, their head. His ear, uh-huh. So he's like, they were still shooting while the building was on fire and going down. He's like... He said that was commitment. He's like, I'm going to tell you one thing. That's one hell of a commitment. Yeah. He said they that somebody was still manning a gun and still trying to take them out at the cost of their own lives. He also says he probably could have ended the whole thing earlier because he could have just shot Ooh, David Koresh yeah. in the head. He said there was a moment where David Koresh came into full view of his sniper, sniper rifle. Yeah. He said he could have ended he, him, but he, he could have also went to jail for the rest of his life. Right, because he did not get the go-ahead to just end it all like that. But I think if he had to do it all again, knowing what he know now, I think he'd take that shot and just take the whatever happened. And yeah, and just see how it shook out yeah. for him. I could see that. But then again, him shooting him doesn't mean that they're going to come up. <laughs> exactly. Really. It doesn't mean that somebody else wouldn't have taken up the mantle and had it still go out the way it did. And the they were treating their wounds, well, the Div- Divianites or whatever they're called. Branch Davidians. Branch Davidians. Say that three times fast. Branch Davidians, Branch Davidians, Branch Davidians. Oh, great for you. <laughs> you have a grasp of the language. Oh, well, they were treating their own wounds with, like, home remedies and stuff. Holistic remedies. Garlic. Garlic. <laughs> and when they showed his finger, I'm like, uh, I don't think it's working. Well, all garlic is supposed to do is work like an antiseptic. So it's, it's supposed to curb gangrene. I don't think it's doing that. But, yeah, you guys, check it out. It's called uh, Waco, an American Apocalypse on Netflix. Yep. I think you guys enjoy it. Watch it with a group if you can or somebody else so you can debate. Because trust me, it's going to be a lot to talk about. Or just let us know what you think of it. Yeah. You can debate with us. Send us what you thought, ha- what, how it went down, how it broke down. And if you think that anything could have been done differently. True crew. Just hit us up at we like that podcast at gmail.com. Alright, thank you for tuning in for We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. If you enjoy this podcast, please stick around. More chaotic episodes are coming down the pike. I'm Joe. I'm Calvin. We'll see you next time.